What's going on, film family? Before we get started, I want to talk to you about something, and that's Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Hold on, let me explain. First, it's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more places. And you can also make money from your podcast. I know that's the part that's the part that everyone's going to like. You can make money with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get to the show. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. Do you like scary movies? <laughs> Hello, ghouls and gals. It's the Fear Bros. We are back for another week. Last week was probably my favorite episode we've done so far. Not because of the drama, just because of the the dynamic. You're going to get a lot more of that. I think we're going to try to capture that that vibe going forward. But we're a little late with our Halloween episode. I'm going to going to poke some fun at my brother JB for that. But uh, let me go ahead and introduce him, the prodigal one himself, uh, your mama's favorite podcaster, Mr. JB's in the building. What's going on? What's going on, brother? What's going on, Fear Family? So technically, it is Halloween. I mean, it is October 31st. This is Halloween. So we really have – it is Halloween, isn't it? Yes, technically. But they didn't get to enjoy it over – like, uh, people behind the curtain, we're recording this late on Halloween. So when it, by the time it gets posted, it's going to be close to the day after Halloween. By the time most of the listeners listen to this, it's not Halloween anymore. But since you're such a hardworking podcaster, I know this will be up as soon as it can. Because you're that damn good. Yeah, I think last time we recorded, didn't I tell you, like, before we got off Skype, I had the whole episode edited and ready to go. Yes, you did. And I think before we got off the conversation, it was even launched. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. Um, that's funny. How's, how's, your, uh, how's your week been, though, JB? My week's been all right. Work's crazy. Um, yeah, just been an all right week. I'm looking forward to this weekend. My grandmother's birthday was yesterday, so we're going to have a little thing for her this weekend. 85. Oh, happy 85th to, to Grandma JB. That's awesome. Yep. That's a absolutely. Blessing. What about um, you? How was your week? Well, week's been, week's been really good so far. Um, besides some stuff we'll get into a little bit later, it's been the perfect week. I, you know, even with that, it's been the perfect week. I'm happy to have the return of Petty Roosevelt. Uh, I know people who are listening to this who didn't listen to WWP and may be asking, what the hell is Petty Roosevelt? You will hear that in just a second. Um, you you going to find out. You're going to find out. <laughs> You're going to learn today. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's been good. So, uh, you ready to, uh, to jump in and, and review some, uh, well, not review, but talk some, some news in the world of horror. Let's do it. All right. So the petition, there's been a petition. You actually sent this one to me to change the date of Halloween. There are over 24,000 signatures to this JB. Um, I, I don't get like, I get it. We live in like a whole internet culture. 
there's a petition popping up for everything nowadays, but a petition to change the date of Halloween. How do you feel about this? So me as JB right now, I don't give two shits. However, I'm thinking the future when I have kids, I'm not trying to be out with my kids late on a like, for example, today on a Wednesday. I prefer to be on a Saturday where I could be out a little bit later with the kids, maybe the family. I'm pretty sure if today was a Saturday, someone in my family or friends, they'll be having something going on today. The fact that today is Wednesday. Shit's not going to be going on because everyone got to work tomorrow. People got to go to school tomorrow, whatever the case may be. So the fact that it'll be Saturday, I think I think that's a good idea. I like it. I actually do. And what was it? Is it like the last Saturday of the month or something that was? Yes. That makes that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Just it not being on the 31st, though, just feels weird. But uh, everything I agree with everything you said, like just having it on the weekend. Um, it, it'll make it more enjoyable. It'll make the, it'll make like the whole weekend event. Cause you know, like you have like Thanksgiving weekend and 4th of July right. weekend, like it will add to that. So, uh, and then, you know, you have more movies released, uh, on, on that weekend. So yeah, I, I I'm feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I w- Will it ever change? I don't see it changing something that like an actual holiday day getting changed. I don't think that'll ever happen, but it'll be interesting to find out. Very true. Very true. Well, moving on to the next one. Oh, well, before that, let us know uh, how you guys feel about that. You know, you can follow us. You can follow us at the Fear Freak Pod. Is that what? what is our Twitter handle? I'm completely throwing a blank right now. Well, here's the thing. I, I ain't trying to like you threw me a little bit on the bus, so I'm gonna throw you a little bit on the bus. I just want everyone to realize, like, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna get too personal here, but when when CEO created this at the time, if I'm not mistaken, this was just after after your surgery, correct? Yes. So you were probably high as a kite when you created this. So the the Twitter, it's um at the fair f r e q p o d. Yeah, so it's the, it. yeah, it's the fear freak FREQ pod. But to, to be on the fear side, you were probably hyped up on like pain meds. So I'll give you a pass. <sighs> well, I'm glad somebody's giving me a pass because, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking there. I'm, I still blame you, though. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that L. It's all right. It's all love. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, Fox developing a TV series, an adaptation of Dean Koontz Strangers. Now, we talked previously before about the return of the genre to TV and just how it's coming back full force in general in all, all shapes, forms and, and sizes. What do you make of this? So Strangers is Strangers is a different type of horror movie for me because it's so realistic. I mean, let's be uh, the odds of something like like Freddy, like Nightmare on Elm Street happening or Grudge or some shit. You know, let's be realistic. Something like that happening is not really true. The odds of something like Strangers happen is highly likely. Actually, as a matter of fact, Strangers or Stranger, it's it's based upon several stories. It's not one story was based upon several stories. So something like that could happen. So I remember when I first saw it. I was immediately like intrigued and kind of a little scared because I'm like, damn, this shit can actually happen. So the fact that they're going to be turning this into a TV show again, like we said last week, if it's done the right way, I'm all in. I'll, I'll definitely be be watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm anything that's good. I'm there for. Like if it if it's good, if we get to good reviews, if I I'm gonna check out the first episode regardless. I usually try to give things like two or three before I just completely kill it and just I'm just like I'm not watching it. Um, shout out to the last OG, which I, I don't even think I made it to episode two, but um, so I'll mm-hmm. give it that. Uh, hopefully it's good. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah. 
Also, uh, I'm just real quick not to go off on a tangent or whatever, but talking about reviews, I'm so against reviews. Like I usually go to like IMDb, but I can't tell you the amount of shit that I've watched that has horrible IMDb ratings, but I loved it. And also on the flip side, has amazing IMDb reviews, but in actuality was shit. So I don't really, I don't really hold too much on, on, on reviews. My, my thing with reviews typically is, um, I usually look at the, like, Rotten Tomatoes and the users more than the critics. Cause sometimes, yes. like, I feel like critics, like, they look at things from such a different eye, like a technical standpoint where, where sometimes, you know, sometimes, yes, something isn't the best movie, but it's just damn enjoyable. Like Venom. Like Venom, I, I won't say that it's like a writing masterpiece or anything, but I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. And so, it's, it's stuff like that that make, makes me lean more towards users because I think like the users were like like 30 or 40 percent above what the critics felt on that movie. And it's like that's what I tend to look for, look at. But even then, sometimes I'm willing to see it, even if like the user reviews aren't that good either. Yeah. And plus, I feel like critics have they feel like they have to be critical and they have to be like criticized or that's what a critic. That's what a critic does. So sometimes I feel like it, it may not even be 100 percent accurate. They just say things just to say things. I'm not saying every critic is like that, but I feel like that happens sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So any anything left on this one before we move on? Nah. All right. So I know we're here to review Halloween 2018, but Jane Lee Curtis says that she would gladly return if David Gordon Green is also coming back. Now, I think that they were actually looking at other directors. I think there was something mentioned there, but if Jamie Lee Curtis gives this man his stamp of approval, you think that they, they're going to have to bring him back, right? That depends. That depends on how, how much they want to move forward with Jamie Lee Curtis. Cause if she's going to be in the sequel, uh, you know, is there going to be a sequel? I would assume so based on the fact that this movie's making some ridiculous money. If they come back with it, if she's going to be in it, absolutely. Her, her word means a shit ton. So it's almost guaranteed that he, you know, he gets the seal approval and he gets the nod. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'd be crazy not to bring her back. And, you know, we'll get into our thoughts on the movie exactly, uh, which is that's going to be a fun conversation. But you would think that they would have to bring him back. Um, nonetheless, let's move on to the next one. And this is the last like news item. We do have a, a bit of a discussion topic after this one. But um, it looks like the screenwriter of Friday the 13th, uh, Victor Miller, has gotten a, at least one win um, in, in the in the ultimate decision to to find out who owns the rights to friday the 13th now it's it's weird because you know uh, just last week we talked about lebron james and uh him getting a friday the 13th reboot going so to find out that the the rights issue isn't quite all the way worked out yet it makes it kind of weird but what do you think about this i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna be real 100 real right now i read this article twice and I was like, who, I really don't give a shit about any of this. I understand they're fighting over rights, but at the end of the day, does it really matter who's going to have the rights? Either way, I think because of who Jason is and what the Friday 13th entire series is about, I feel like we're going to enjoy it. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm not looking deeper. I should be looking deeper into it, but I, I really, I really don't care to be honest. I mean, I don't care who gets the rights and I don't care who, you know, what the final says. Am I wrong for that? No, I, I, and that's the thing. I really don't give a shit. Um, it's all about the movie being made for me. Uh, the thing is, if it was someone who like was a bigger, yes, like if it was like Spill, Spillsburg, uh, or, um, like Carpenter, Wes Craven or something like that. Okay. Yes. But, but yeah, like I, I, 
just just give me the movie, man. Just give me the movie. That's all I care. I don't care whose name's on it, who writes it. Um, just give me a good movie, and I'm and I'm gonna eat it up. Yeah, it's not someone that's like gonna be mind blown or like um game changer. Like like you said, if it was a game changer, absolutely. But yeah. Just make the damn movie. <laughs> so the last thing that we got um, before we get into some fun is uh, this, with the success of Halloween. And uh, again, I know we haven't quite re- reviewed the movie yet, and we're going to get into all those details. But like like JB said, they are definitely making some great money. Um, I, it made me think, is this going to spur a new wave of remakes? Which the answer to that is clearly yes. Um, just like it. We got a whole bunch of new Stephen King adaptations after it went crazy and then a lot more in development. So there's definitely going to be a lot more remakes. But the question I'm posing to you is which classic horror movie do you want to see remade? Well, two two movies immediately jump out at me. Um, one is I'd love to see Scream on, on the on the big screen again, whether it's another part. But I know we're talking specifically remake. So I'd love to see another Scream. It's always been one of my favorites. And like I said last week, my favorite of all time. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, but they need to cast the right Freddy Krueger because, again, the guy that was casted for this last one was absolutely horrible. So they need to, to cast the right Freddy Krueger, and I will be 100% into a remake of um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Absolutely. What about you? Um, this is this was a weird one for me because I, I really um, – I really sat and, and thought about it, and uh, so many classic movies just went through my mind. I think Showgirls? About- that is definitely a horror movie, by the way. A hundred percent a horror movie. Um, <laughs> no, but so, so the first one that comes to mind was Evil Dead, but we just got a remake to that. Mm. That was really good. Um, yes. so honestly, The Fly. I would love to see oh. a remake of The Fly. Wait, has there ever been a remake of that movie? Yeah, ever? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the one with, um, oh God, why am I losing my train of thought? Um, Jeff, the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum was a remake. I mean, because wait, you know, you I'm, had the, I'm tripping. I didn't know that. Yeah, that one, that one is a remake. So there was one before that, I think in like who, 60s the sixties or, or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, there was that. That's a remake. Yeah, the original one I think came out in like in like fifty nine. So, uh, but yeah, I think that that movie, just like the the one with Jeff Goldblum, was completely different than the original. I think now, like body horror and uh, as long as it doesn't turn into like torture porn but i would love to see like the the the, the idea of someone like completely changing like their body changing and going in turning into something different and them having no control over it is a very scary and freaky thought and then when you think about the way like technology is is built into that story like he was trying to build a teleportation device now they don't have to keep that the thing it could be they were trying to build anything else but i just i really would like to see a well-done remake of the fly yeah, I mean, I, I I've always been a, a fan of Fly, so yeah, I'd love to see a remake of that. Um, I'm surprised actually, no one's ever done that. Well, I, I mean, a remake. Obviously, they did the Jeff Goldblum one, but I mean, one after that. Yeah, I know. Then they had the Fly Part Two, which I think was good. Nowhere is near as good as the first one, though. Um, but yeah, it, you you would think as long as it's been and as as much of a cult. It, I don't know if that one's just a classic or a cult classic. Like I I, I wouldn't know because I've just always enjoyed it since I lo- since I've seen it, but. It's you would you would think that by now we would have got a remake of like a TV movie, if nothing else, a Netflix original something like. And I think there was a rumored one like a few years ago and just nothing came up, came about it. But I would I would really like to see that remake. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll probably come. You never know, because I I see within the next 
two years, we are going to get a massive influx of remakes. Um, like you said, it, it's coming. It's definitely coming. So at this point, we just have to see who and what, uh, what they're going to be coming with. Because I, I know we're going to be getting a lot in the next few years. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're definitely coming. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And you see, neither one of us said anything like nightmare on elm street like yes i would love to see those remain i think there may be remakes in the works but those are the ones everyone goes to so i wanted to talk about something outside the box that's what i said i said nightmare on elm street oh yeah you did say that the fuck it's my favorite one though so i get a pass (laughs) all right man um it's time to pull out petty roosevelt you ready for this jb ladies and gentlemen in the right corner petty roosevelt (laughs) you are so silly um (laughs) (laughs) wow uh drum roll please but so we addressed it a little bit last week and this this the thing the reason why i want to address this again is because i feel like and and I've said this before back in WWP days, like I feel like when you have a platform, you kind of have a responsibility to kind of be honest to your audience. Like, and I feel like this, this fear frequency, a weekly podcast is not, is, is like blatantly lying to the audience. And so let's just, let's pull, let's, let's get into the story. So when you addressed it last week at that time, still neither one of us had listened to an episode of their podcast. Now, and we have the text message logs. You s- messaged me, and I still remember to this day. You said, "Oh my God, I made a horrible mistake." Yes, <laughs> um, I, I said, "We have the proof." <laughs> I said, "What, JB?" And, and you, I listened to that other pod, and so do you, do you care? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you care to spill what you heard when you listened to this podcast, JB? Well, I don't remember what episode it was to be honest with you, but I have never listened to these guys in my life, but. Obviously, I, I noticed we started getting one star reviewed and it's people it's you know, it's their fan base because they're, they're talking about it. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just pick a random episode and let me just listen to just a couple minutes. So happens. Kid you not. The episode I listened to I, I, maybe five minutes. I hear the host, whatever his name is, just talking shit like uh, saying that we stole the name and this and that. And I remember texting you I'm like, and I remember my blood boiling and i'm like i just made a huge mistake and you're like whoa whoa, whoa. and i'm like i listened to that podcast. i i i didn't want to because I, I was i fear that if i did i would hear something i didn't like and i know how i i am and i know how you are and i'm like i don't want it to get to, to where i think it could get to so and then of course i listened to it and exactly what i thought and exactly what i was dreading and then, then yeah i text you so yeah you could continue the story and so yeah at that point i think even then i was like well i don't have any plans on 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 listen to it it's unfortunate me and you have really been trying to take the high road in this um a that's part of the reason why i never want to listen to it because i know if i hear some shit because i have such a respect for podcasting um unlike some people um that like like i said for people to a try to weaponize their audience and i mean and that's not completely their fault because their listeners have to be d- dumb as fuck to just blindly go and and do what they did which i do want to make sure that we point out i would like to thank I, I i truly appreciate you guys riding for that podcast as hard as you did but we did get those itunes reviews removed so thank you very much for that um but, <laughs> so you know in that i i i didn't want to listen to it um but then same thing. Like, I, I don't remember how we got started talking about it again, but I was legitimately getting pissed off by the idea that, 
you know, once I had to call iTunes and get the iTunes reviews removed, I'm like, you know, this is this is just stupid. It's I'm, I'm it's dumb and it's childish. And so I went to go listen, and then I hear blatant lies. So we're actually going to play a lot of clips from this because I I want I, unlike other people, I'm not just going to say. Th- and I said this last time, I didn't want to just. I even when the iTunes reviews, I said, I don't want to just say that they sent their their people to come and review us. But it turns out that that's exactly what happened, because in listening to their most recent episode, he says. Yeah. So we called them out a couple of times. They review bombed us. We asked you guys to, you know, drop them some one star reviews. Now, in this same thing, they had the nerve to say little immature babies about it. But yet you do something as stupid as that. And I want to say this first, and a lot of this is, is going to be called out because apparently they listen because they broke down a whole like first 10 minutes of our podcast. So we want to thank you guys for listening as well. We, we love converting listeners. But in this, they um said that we review bombed them. Now, I will. I'm going to go Never. on record right now and say I am willing to take a screenshot of my iTunes account and every review I've ever left on it. JB, are you willing to do the same? 100 percent. Also, let me just say real quick. In the same light, you saying you respect podcasting, I am right there with you. I respect podcasting. No matter how much I may dislike or hate somebody, which I do not hate or dislike these other people, I don't know them or care enough to hate or dislike them, I still would not take the route of one strong anybody because I know how hard it is to do a podcast. I know how hard it is to get reviews and how hard it is to keep those reviews up. I would never, for the love of podcasting, ever do that to anybody so you guys were 100 wrong in saying that we sent anybody to that because we would never do such a thing ever we respect the game too much thank you and then so we we, we will definitely provide that if asked um but then more lies so well in contradiction so they go on to say and i don't like i don't know if they looked us up before that but i mean chances are they did it's really frustrating so um the this is the issue we have with them they didn't do the proper research. And I want to say this, this for sure. And, and uh, it's George Facade, George, who is, I guess, I guess he's not the main host on the show. He is very, it seems like he is very much more mature about it because he'll say, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. We worked on this. He, he mainly gears it towards what they've worked on versus pointing the finger. It's this fucker, uh, Jimmy Champagne. First he says, well, they had, they obviously had to listen to us first. They had to know that we existed immediately. Five seconds later goes on in the to next say, sentence. And, yeah. And the very next sentence goes on to say, Oh, well, they didn't do the research before picking the name. Which one is it? How could we have listened to your podcast allegedly and stole all your shit? But then you're going to tell us we didn't research properly. If we're stealing shit, there's nothing to research. So again, which one is it? He's talking so much shit that he's getting caught in his own lies and his own contradictions. And that's what's happening here. Exactly. Exactly. And so then on top of that, um, like I said, he, uh, well, um, he talked, he talked, he talked about the format and he oh, talked yes, about, uh, uh, he said, oh, he had this format from a long time ago or whatever. And he, he stated that he, he didn't invent this format. And we never stated that we invented this format either. We were just simply saying we are not copying his format. This format has been done. He mentioned game reviews and movie reviews. I got news for you. Game reviews and movie reviews are not the only podcast to use this format. Millions of different genres use the identical format. So, no, you, you're, you're wrong again. 
Yeah. And just idiotic statements like that. And then, um, reaching like, out oh, to us. And, and yeah, oh, but even before then, saying that, um, oh, um, said that instead of actually responding, all they did was go, oh, J- Jimmy Champagne and George Fazard never heard of these guys. They think they're famous or something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Clearly, mm. in, in, in that, in the same podcast that they listen to, which I don't know if he's just, if he's selective. Well, no, he has to be. He's selectively leaving out details to purposely try and be the victim. So in, in the same one that he listened to, he says that, uh, we said that, you know, we have the text again, text message letters, because that's primarily how we, on how we came up with the name fear frequency. And it was not anyone saying, Hey, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be fear frequency. We no. went over what about 30 different Words. permutations with yeah. the word fear in it before we yep. landed on it. And I think like, so no, no, I'm sorry. The, no one knew about no one knew about your goddamn podcast and then he says well and then they wanted to be childish and say oh well haha jimmy champagne like these guys aren't famous never said that never said that they thought that they were famous i said that they must not be that aware of podcasting you think that they they have it locked down on a format and like you said with the format stealing oh we stole the format again we addressed that in that initial podcast we took a format that we used with wrestling years ago and applied it to this doesn't matter what episode it popped oh yeah that's exactly that we that we heard first of all that he said again to go back we didn't do our research then to say that they just geared their show which has the almost i almost same name as ours (laughs) to be the exact same as ours before today i had never listened to a single episode of their podcast and before what like four days ago you had never either we had already had four episodes in the book by then yeah. So, and and here's the, here's the other thing. Like these first couple episodes we've been doing with Halloween, we, yeah, the first couple episodes we didn't push too much news because if you recall, like everyone recalls, we're doing two movies an episode. So to to, to fit two movies in an hour episode, you got that's what we kind of been doing, like kind of highlights. But I, when we started with, uh, I believe episode three, if I'm not mistaken, was the Curse of Michael Myers, which was just one movie. We found ourselves with extra time, and that's going to be the norm. And we had already discussed we wanted to do this new segment. The thing is, we never did it in the first couple episodes because again, we're trying to fit in a lot of content, and we don't want to go beyond that hour mark. Um, you know, there's nothing in the rules to do that, but we kind of wanted to stay confined to that one hour around that a little, maybe a little bit over. So if we were going to a 30 minute news segment and then another hour review, we're way over the hour that we're looking for because we're again we're doing two movies but the fact that we even have to explain this shit disgusts me because who like straight up who the fuck are they like who the fuck are they but the fact is they mentioned it we came back and i thought that would be the end of it but they felt that they had to come back and say something and it was so much blatant bullshit that we felt that we had to come back and give a reply yeah exactly and and we've spent enough time on this so what i want to make it clear is for these idiots and this this is the thing um wait hold on ceo i'm not cutting you off but i I think you should also address the fact that they because he said this several times i reached out to them privately when i saw that their podcast was a thing oh yes so um with that being said i would this is all i'm going to say to that i would like to see a screenshot of the twitter dms with the blue check mark that shows that the person read it, um, sent to either one of us that or, or, or the podcast or the podcast Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any, I would love to see regard any, if you can show anything that I'm attached to or that JB's attached to that shows 
the blue check mark that that it was read received whatever that it says one or the other i don't i don't remember then please do because guess what it didn't fucking happen and then on top of that like i said before they listened to our last episode in which i even said in that rant that i did hey my number is on one of the podcasts i do i'm on twitter all the time rather than dm why don't you just you at say- me why don't you just at me and then on top of that like you listen to the podcast we clearly say our email in the podcast why didn't you yeah, email us? Exactly. And just in closing, this is going to be it from from me, and I'm I'm pretty much done with this this subject. In addition to that, the fact again that that this is a back and forth thing, and and uh, you know you reaching out, you reaching out, us reaching out, and it's going back and forth. We're not here to start problems and start beef, but you're you you know you're the one that keeps coming back. Then also you're talking, you're trying to get like legalities in this. Oh, we own this, we own that. <laughs> yeah, that's really it's really funny. So. You're saying the name of your podcast is, is, is the frequency, same as ours. So I'd like every listener to go out and check these two websites, thefearfrequency.com and fearfrequency.com. Fearfrequency.com, it seems like it's owned by some international company that does some kind of web hosting. Go and check it out. And then when you're done, go and check out thefearfrequency.com. I think you'll be very, very intrigued at what's on that site. Yeah, it's it's sad, bro. It's very sad. But, you know, I mean, let let idiots be idiots. At the end of the day, I'm we're going to continue to make the amazing content that we did. Um you can try to troll us with reviews if you want to. Guess what? We'll get them removed because unfortunately, we know podcasting, so we can do that. Um and overall, this is this unless it would have to take something monumental to get me to address it again. So, I'm just anything left because i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna leave them with a song so before that is there anything else you have left to say jb thanks for the downloads bro thank you uh, you know that i we appreciate you checking it out and and for this jimmy thank you this one's for you All right, bro. So we're here. Let's get into what we tra- what we came here to get into. Um, Halloween 2018. First, I want to say, and I want to point this out. This is a direct sequel to the original Halloween. So, JB, did you find it weird at all that it was just called Halloween again? No subtitle, no nothing. So you have the sequel that's named the exact same thing as the first movie. I know, I understand why, because I understand that it's a re- it's. It's a reboot of the franchise and all that, but that's still weird, right? Or maybe I'm just the only one who gets caught up on stuff like that. No, no. I, t- to be honest with you, I didn't really think about it, but did it have that tagline 40 years later on it or no? I don't know. Official title? No. That's like a, yeah, that's, that's like a tagline, like for the poster, but it's not an official part of the title. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I didn't really think about it, but like you said, you, you kind of pay attention to those details, but yeah, they should have probably added that 40 years later or it would probably been weird to say part two, but at least, you know, something along the lines of, 40 years later or some shit h4o or something like that that doesn't it's not a ca- as catchy as h2o but um, yeah, this, this movie wasn't catchy either <laughs> oh we'll get into that I, I don't so i mean we always start off with kind of our overall thoughts and again people this is now the format so we're not going to give you a step-by-step we're not going to do that we're just discussing the movie 
um, your overall thoughts on this movie. You did not like this movie, and I'm I'm really surprised by that. So here's the thing. I'm I'm going to tell a quick story. Um, you're a basketball fan, and I'm a basketball fan, and we both know Russell Westbrook plays for the, you know, OKC Thunder, and. One of my favorite Russell Westbrook interviews, they had just finished playing Utah Jazz and they lost. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but the interview said, Russell, did you guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? And he looked and said, what? Exactly what his reply was to that interviewer was my reply to anyone that had anything to do with this movie or liked this movie. And the reply, <laughs> the reply was this. What? Bro, what you talking about, man? I'm out, man. Y'all niggas tripping. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you remember that? I do. Oh, man. That is hilarious. Um, And see, I'm on the complete other end. I love this movie, and I've seen it twice. So I, I really thoroughly enjoy this movie. I got you, man. <sighs> hey, man. Like, from the um i will say this the opening like i honestly think like the opening 15 minutes are completely terrible like the 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 british guys like the british guy got on my nerves his overacting in both like the scene with michael and the scene with laurie i was so happy to see him die like literally i was i was so happy to see him die um and and plus like their podcast is jb do we have three thousand dollars to go and throw around for a podcast interview <laughs> that shit is crazy they're, they're like really into their shit <laughs> I'm like, damn, how bad you need downloads, bro? <laughs> damn, you don't have Twitter or some shit? <laughs> damn, yo, join a group or something, man. Damn. Oh man, but what did you what did you think about the opening in the asylum with um like him showing the mask? Like to me, it was it was kind of forced. Like I, I just don't I don't get it. And I I I get the explanation. Oh, we we got it through. Th- these means and they probably paid that per- if they're paying three thousand dollars for an interview i'm sure they spent some some money to get the mask them getting the mask isn't the problem at all to me but like just the visual of him just standing up behind michael holding it up like oh you can feel it can't you you can feel it like i felt like we were going to get back into the curse of michael Myers days and we were going to find out that he was like supernatural um that whole setup was kind of weird for me at first i kind of liked it because i felt like they were they were building suspense and i'm just waiting for Michael Myers to just freaking break these shackles and go apeshit on everybody. But it never happened. And then, I don't know, like, I felt like I wasn't enjoying what I was watching because this is not the Michael Myers I'm used to that's all restraint. And he felt kind of helpless. And then on top of everything, I'm watching this movie with my wife, who for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with this chick, but she's always had such a soft spot for Michael Myers. So as we're watching this, he's like, oh, babe, you see, Michael just needs someone to love him. And he's only killed all these people because he needed some love. He needs help. No one's helping him. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I just didn't, I don't know. I don't, the scene was okay. I, I think it could have been done better. And um, the fact that he did not go crazy and start killing people, I hate it. Because um, I felt like there was this build, 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 build. That ended in nothing. Yeah, and then, like the people, the people around him in the asylum were like going crazy and getting, and he's just sitting there. I, I love the fact that they kept like I wound from the original. I love that. Um, but yeah, it's just it was just a weird scene and one I just didn't vibe with. This movie didn't really pick up even like the first scene, couple scenes with Laurie and her daughter. It didn't pick up to me until we got to that gas station when he got the mask and he killed the podcasters. Like that's when I felt like okay, 
now we're in a Halloween movie. Before then, I really didn't feel it. No, you know what? I take the back. Not that scene. The, when I first started feeling it is the scene with uh, when the bus crashes and the kid. We got to talk about that scene. That's where the movie I started feeling like I'm in a, I'm in a, in a uh, Halloween movie. Before then, it was like, what's this shit? Yeah, I mean, for me, I know I, I joked around about it, but um, the only I started liking the movie until way later towards the end of the movie. I'd say maybe the last like 20 minutes. And the reason why I felt like if I would have watched this movie in 1995, I would have enjoyed it. Or if I would have watched it even in early 2000s, I would have enjoyed it. But the fact that we're watching this in 2018, the feel of the movie felt like something older. Like there was no – there was not enough – maybe because there was not enough story in it for me. And I know that sounds weird from something that's been around for 40 years now. But if we're just looking at this one movie and forget about everything in the past, just this one movie, there was not enough substance in this movie for me. And I know I'm in the minority in this. I mean the movie's made probably like a freaking quarter billion dollars if not more. Um, so I'm definitely in the minority in this. But I, I don't know. It didn't. I didn't connect with this movie. And you know, s- certain things in this movie I really disliked. Don't get me wrong. There was maybe one or two things that I liked. But I just didn't. I, I just did not feel this movie at all. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't think it was the perfect movie by any means. I really thoroughly enjoyed it, but I knew it wasn't perfect. Uh, there are a couple things, um, and we can get into into some critiques now. Like for me, when Michael Myers that that bus scene where I said the movie really kicked into gear for me, um, when he goes in the tr- in the truck, um, and and waits on the kid to get in there. Why didn't he just pop in the truck and drive the fuck off? Like, why get in the back seat? The kid was gone. He was out of the car. What What are you doing? I guess it's maybe it's 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 again that suspense. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a hard one to call. I don't know why. But again, we've we've been record um, podcasting about ho- this whole Halloween franchise and Halloween series. There's a lot of things that we never understand. And at the end of the day, it's no movie is perfect. And this for. Damn sure this movie's not perfect, at least in my eyes. Um, so I, you know, I, I guess that's one of these those holes. Um, that it's a lot of questions that are unanswered. Yeah, it's just it's 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 things like that. Um, this another one of my critiques is when he's in the backseat of the police vehicle when he was knocked out. Oh, we got to talk about that doctor and he and he puts his mask back on and then like Lori and the doctor look up and he has his mask back on and they're just completely shocked. It's like, so how do you, Lori sitting right next to him? How did you not see him put his mask, even out your peripheral? How did you not see that that, that happen? No matter what. Uh, let, okay, let's, Lori, I'm sorry. Lori's granddaughter. I forgot her name, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember her name either. Um, no, I can't remember her name, but um, even if you, okay, I know sometimes when you watch movies and shit, you're supposed to suspend, uh, you know, belief for a little bit. But even if you try to do that, at certain points, like you said, even at the, like your peripheral vision, you're going to see something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's, let's, let's talk about the characters. Um, so let's get into it. Lori Strode, 40 years later. Um, like, do you, her being like being prepared and saying that she's wait, she's been waiting for Michael to get out all these years. I like that. That's, that's kind of real world. If you go through something that traumatic, I can understand why it will shape the rest of your life and you can't truly shake it especially knowing that michael myers is still alive like it would be different if they thought he was dead and she was still like freaked out but the way that they set that up i could kind of understand where her character went and that really i think that's one of the the best things about me and they they made that true to life like it fractured her relationship with her daughter but it kind of brought her closer to her granddaughter in a way like i like that because there are true relationships that, that go that way what did you think about Lori and how she where she was 40 years after the original movie i have to completely disagree with that and here's the thing. When we got Lori in H2O, 
it was this is almost the same route that Lori was playing H two. I mean, she's not a raging alcoholic and all that stuff, but it's kind of the same thing. Like her, her life is kind of a little bit in ruins because of what's happened in the past. But Halloween H two O Lori got almost got murdered in part one. He came back after her the next day, which is basically Halloween two. So it was just an ongoing thing for Lori in H two O. But in this timeline, the one thing happened forty years ago. Is someone who got who who almost got murdered forty years ago going to still be traumatized forty years later? Absolutely. But to the lengths that they made her go through, setting traps and all this stuff, I I don't know. Just me, I don't find it realistic. Yeah, sure, I'm sure she's gonna have like you know um some some stress and remembering it and flashbacks and maybe hard time sleeping. But for her whole life to revolve around this, I don't see it because even in H two O. Her whole life didn't revolve around this. I mean, she still was was a, a, a head a headmistress, uh, you know, at the school, and she she was dating somebody, and it was still a part of her life, but not her whole life. This is a longer time span, and he hasn't come after her as much as the other time span. So I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it. You know, and maybe you know it's because. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Maybe it's because we've gotten so many Halloweens in between, and I keep thinking about that. Maybe if the Halloween two through whatever resurrection didn't exist and this was actually the real true halloween 2 and nothing in between i would probably go for it because i i know what i know from the previous halloweens i I don't stand behind this well see and that's where i think that it comes in of the change that they made because i think when you do halloween h2o built off halloween 1 and 2 in which it was established that michael myers was her brother and i think that difference makes a lot of difference in how the character develops years later. So just imagine if you know your brother's history, you know, you come from a fucked up family and you know, okay, my brother may be coming after me, but this is the real reason he was crazy. We, we, we the strodes are fucked up, whatever. Um, or the Myers, I'm sorry, but let's, let's take that flip side on, on this timeline. It happened. Yes. It only happened to her once, but she doesn't understand why she doesn't know where he came from. She doesn't, he doesn't, she doesn't know why he targeted her. He, she doesn't know any of that. There's none of that history between those two. And it's, it's kind of a, because it's a one-off thing. And in her mind, it could be like, okay, even let's say it's even not Michael. Maybe she feels like she needed to protect herself because just like she wasn't expecting Michael to come out of anywhere. Now that makes you worried about anybody can potentially be a serial killer and come after you. It's different when it's your brother and it's personal and you have that connection but for somebody to come after to try to kill you to kill your friends everything and you have no understanding of why they did it it makes it a little bit more freakier well the thing is though i felt like if it's his her brother that's freakier because like okay you know he's definitely coming back after you he's gonna finish what he started and they didn't make Lori in this movie like oh I don't know. Maybe someone else is going to come after me. Maybe, you know, someone else is going to try to hurt me. He, she was tunnel vision on Michael Myers. Michael Myers is coming back. Michael Myers is coming back. Why in the world is Michael Myers coming back 40 years later? Yes, I understand he tried to kill you, but why specifically now he's coming back 40 years later? It doesn't make any sense. Now, if again, again, we were talking H2O, oh, he came after you once. He came after you twice. There's a chance he's probably coming after you again, but 40 years later, it's nothing has happened in 40 years. Why now do you think it's going to happen? So I don't know. I, I was kind of disconnected in that. I mean, I can, I can understand that. I'm not, I'm not saying you're crazy for that logic at all. I'm just, just maybe trying to explain from a different standpoint. But, you know, I told you before when we talked about this, I was so excited to record this because we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, you get two point of views. <laughs> so the, 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 the daughter, Lori's daughter, um, getting taken away from her. 
And then um, really kind of being not not really having that connection with her. She doesn't even really want her involved with her daughter, lying to her daughter about her calling her and everything. Um, did you understand that, like that trauma from her daughter? I know it's not directly linked to Michael Myers, but kind of indirectly hurt. And it's funny when you look at look at it. Lori was traumatized by Michael, but she traumatized her daughter in a completely different way because of what she went through with Michael. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think that part actually made sense because, you know, Lori Schroeder is, is talking all this crazy shit and acting crazy to the point that she affected her own daughter. And I think her daughter doesn't want Lori to affect her daughter, like Lori's granddaughter. And that's why I, I felt like there was some sort of distance. Um, but I did like that aspect of the movie, like, oh, it went from from Lori to another generation and possibly now going to go down to another generation. And the daughter, Lori's daughter, is trying to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of the three generations of Lori and her daughter, her granddaughter, um, the granddaughter. We'll talk about her next. Um, I don't they I feel like they try to put her in like to make her. And I think they're and I hope they don't do this with the sequel, at least right away is like make her the next big character of the next big uh, resilient woman and i just don't feel she went through much in this movie to get like when you really look at what she went through in this movie she had a fight with her boyfriend took forever like she was out of this movie for like a like a nice 30 35 uh minute chunk where she was kind of just walking to get home with with her boyfriend's friend but then she finally runs into michael she immediately goes like a neighbor's house gets saved she's away from michael and then she has another interaction with him towards like the last 20 minutes of the i don't even think it was 20 maybe like the last 15 minutes of the movie i just don't feel like what she went through is anything compared to what laurie went through and if they try to like just throw her into that spot in the next movie i'm gonna have a serious issue with that well i hate to break it to you that's like i in my i think exactly that's what's going to happen exactly they're they're setting her up to be the next laurie show basically but again like in past episodes we've talked about um, caring about characters and connecting with characters and, and things like that. Like we didn't connect with anybody in resurrection. I, there was not in, I'm not saying this girl's a bad actor or actress, but like you said, we didn't get enough of her to care. Um, so if she is the next one, um, or they're going to try to set her up to be the next one, they have to put her in the next movie and not put her in a leading role, put her in another supporting role. Um, they may actually have to actually kill Lori in the next one. And or her mother it, or her mother or maybe. Yeah. Or her mother. They have to kill one of them to kind of move her up in place and us to give some feel some sort of sympathy for her. Like right now, everybody has all the sympathy for Lori because we know what she's went through. We have no sympathy for her, even with what she went through this movie, because like you said, at the end of the day, what really did she go through? Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't much. And um, yeah, I, I, so I just I, now if they if they build into that and the next one and then maybe a potential third, that's when we we have those feelings towards her and we, we're endeared to her that way. But I just don't think like if they were thinking at all, like, OK, we we can go into this, this, the, the next one and we don't need Jamie Lee Curtis. We can just use, uh, I believe. Allison was her name. Allison was the granddaughter's name. We can just use Allison as the main character. Like, no, that's going to that's going to be a personal issue to me. The third one, maybe. But this next one, no, I, I can't I can't get with that. Yeah, they need to do, like you, they need to do one more to to build that connection with the audience. So this way, when they make one, say for the next for part three, for example, and let's say it doesn't have Jamie Lee or doesn't have um, I think you said uh, what's the mother's name? Karen, I think is the, is the mother's name. When it doesn't have Karen or or Jamie Lee Curtis's character, 
they can it'll still work because at this point everyone wants people don't not not necessarily don't even give a shit about those characters anymore. They're more wanting to see Allison and see what her story is like and how she's progressing. And then at that point you've had you got your new Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's nowhere ready for that. Yeah, yeah, not now. Um, I'm glad we at least agree on that. So let's get into the next one. Um, Doctor Sartan, <sighs> the new Loomis, as he is blatantly referred to. Uh, which I was, once I heard that line, I was like, oh my God, they just had, you're the new Loomis. Like, n- come on now. First of all, he wears the same coat as Dr. Loomis. It, and it seems like he was trying to do like a, do- a cheap, uh, Dr. Loomis accent. Like, I just, yes. And, and then we find out, we find out that he basically, he's the one who caused Michael Myers to be able to escape when they finally have him down. Because I love that the sheriff, like he, at, at, towards the end, like the, the third act of this movie, he just runs Michael Myers the fuck over. Like he's just like, you know what? I'm tired of it. There's no talking to him. I'm just going to hit him. The doctor goes and checks on him, pulls out like this, this sword that he, that, this knife that he, uh, makes out of a pen, kills the sheriff. And then he dra- he he pops up with Michael Myers' mask on. He's like, "Oh, that's what that. This is what that feels like." <laughs> after he killed, like, after he killed the sheriff, like this character was cheesy. I think this was the worst part of the movie. We'll talk about the best character in the movie before we talk about Michael. But uh, that this was the one character to me that it was just like, okay, he doesn't fit this tone, this at all. Like I feel like this would have he would have been a better one in like God, the curse of Michael Myers or something. Like he felt like he they pulled him out of that movie because this was just a bad character. I mean, talk about fanboying to the max. Like, holy shit. He, he, the doctor was just, yeah, I, I didn't like this character at all. Um, but I will say his death with the whole, um, with the whole boot and everything. And you, do you remember his death? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you Stop explain out. to the, exactly. So I was going to tell you to explain that real quick, but for me, I, I'm not trying to jump ahead or anything, but we're, we're talking about it now. For me, that was my favorite kill of this movie. Yeah, how'd absolutely. you feel about, how'd you feel about this kill? It was, I don't think that it was, it wasn't my favorite. Um, but it, it was, it was definitely deserving because that's what I wanted to do to the character. Like, if yes, you and that's me, why it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like just shut him up. Um, yeah, that's just, just a bad, bad character, but our low key MVP of this movie. Um, and I forget the, the kid's name, but. Oh, yes. Scene, there's a scene in which, um, Lori's friend is babysitting. And she's babysitting this kid. And like the first thing that he's in, the very first time you see him, like the, the girl's talking in code, like, I can't remember what code she, Alakadabra or whatever, Alakazam. He's like, Oh, I know you invite your boyfriend over here to smoke weed and have sex. Yes. And it's just like, okay, I like that this kid's with it. It's like more of a kid, a kid of the time. And he's like, and I'm, I'm over here clipping my nasty ass toenails. Like, I'm like, yes, this kid is amazing. That kid is the real MVP of this movie because he was his, you know, his, Delivery was was amazing, and he was just so on point. Um, he needs to be the next freaking Laurie Strode. I enjoyed watching him. There should have been more. If if the movie had more of him, I, I probably would have been more invested in the movie. Um, every almost every single thing he said in the movie, um, either made me laugh or, or I was intrigued by. It. So yeah, I, I don't. I forgot what the kid's name is. I'm trying to look it up right now, but I can't see it. But I, yeah, I definitely thoroughly enjoyed. Um, oh, actually, I think his name is Julian. Yeah, I think his name is Julian. But yeah, I enjoyed the scenes with him. Yeah, that it was just that was hilarious. And then when um he's like, I think I, I think someone's in my room, and he tells the boyfriend, "No, you go first. <laughs> it's just yeah, he's just he's just a great a great kid. I hate that that scene though was spoiled in the trailer. 
because like her trying to close the door to the closet that that scene is in every trailer that they've they've done of this movie where she moves it back and michael myers is just standing in the closet like like the creep he is i think that that would have been a way more effective like scare and moment if we didn't know it was coming now, since we're talking about this scene, I have to ask you a question. Now, let's re- let's rewind a couple of years. You know, we got CEO, we got JB. We're both married now, et cetera, et cetera. Let's rewind to when we were single. And let's put ourselves in this. I forgot what the boyfriend's name is. But let's put ourselves in the boyfriend's shoes. His girlfriend is clearly getting attacked. I mean, the kid is saying you hear her yelling. What do you do? Now, before you answer, before you give the obvious answer, keep in mind the f- the farthest he's gotten with this girl is you know you could see that he wants to kind of do stuff and she's like oh yeah i'm about to dry hump you that's the farthest he's getting with that now go ahead and answer the question <laughs> i see where you're going jb is you're it really wrong. worth it <laughs> for a dry hump hey some people got to get in where they fit in jb oh, a dry hump i mean you could do it with your pillow <laughs> Show's taking a dark ass turn. <laughs> so what? Okay, let's get into it. We got to talk about him, Michael Myers, the geriatric Michael Myers, as I've been calling uh, him, because the guy's like sixty five at this point. Um, did his age at all kind of throw you off from seeing what he was doing in this movie? You know, n- now that I'm thinking about it, now at one time in this movie, outside of the first scene when he's unmasked. Not one time in this movie I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could see he's 60, like 61 or 65 or however the whole he is. Um, I didn't even think about the fact that he's – unless uh, – like outside of that first scene again, it didn't really play a factor that, oh, yeah, he's in his 60s. Like, oh, yeah, he, he's rubbing his back because he got back pain or – they didn't really – I don't think they incorporated his age at all. I mean it could have been – it could have legitimately been like a 20-year-old under that mask. They didn't upplay his age at all. Yeah, and his – I know you, you, you disagree with the realism, but as much as I feel like they were realistic in the way they did Laurie Strode's character and the PTSD, like I would have liked to see, I don't know. I guess you can't really show him too human because then it yep. takes away from some of the kills. I don't, I don't know, but maybe it, it mentioned like that old fuck got released or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, this is, this is the guy that's got like shot at. He's gotten run over by cars and he's alive. And so like what now? Like he has arthritis in his hand. Like that, it would it wouldn't fit. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Hey, I mean, maybe maybe he had they had a fire workout plan in the penitentiary. <laughs> no, but you know what? There, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I'm sure there is ways they could have. Um, as a matter of fact, they didn't have to do it physically. They could have did it mentally. Like you know, Michael Myers is always so on point. Like he knows where everybody is at all times. They could have did some scenes where, um. His age shows because, like, for example, I'm just giving an example. Somebody hid in one particular part of the house, and he didn't remember that. Uh, he thought the person was at a, a different part of the house. Why? Well, this is common for a 65-year-old person to forget, regardless of how supernatural they are physically. When we're talking about the brain and mentally, one can forget at the age of 65. It would have been nice to see something like that and kind of see him a little bit more uh, vulnerable and maybe more humanized, but maybe they were trying to go the exact opposite of that and, you know, kind of dehumanizing him and trying to give that, that natural character. As a matter of fact, in the credits, they actually went back to like the original Halloween and the shape. Uh, exactly. He's not credited as Michael Myers. He's credited as the shape. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thoroughly enjoy that, uh, him being called the shape, but let, let's talk about the character himself. Well, the kills, like 
what outside of the opening scene with him in the Mensa institution, I liked basically everything they did with Michael Myers from the moment he escaped. Um, well, outside of the whole back backseat of the car thing, because I don't see why he just wouldn't drive off. But like when he's at the cemetery and you can kind of see him in the distance hiding behind, um, the tree, then at the gas station, if you pay attention, like you can see him drive up in, in a car and like you mm-hmm. see this, you see like a guy just sitting in the car with all white. And then you see him again, like walking to the gas station in all white and everything they did with him leading up to how he gets that mask just was like reminding me some of the best from the the Halloween series. And then outside of that, when he goes, when he's actually back in Haddonfield, now correct me if I'm wrong, that first house that he goes to, when he like walks in the back, in the back, in the garage, he grabs a knife, he goes into the house. Was that the Myers home? Because I took it I, as it was. I don't know, but what 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 makes you say that? Because a few things. When he he's just seemed familiar with the house, like he just casually walked in the back, walked and and got the knife. Like he knew that there was a garage back there. Like not that he knew a, a well, I don't think he gra- a hammer he grabbed, but like he knew that it was, it was a garage there. So he knew he was going to find something he could use as a weapon. The way he just made his way through the house. Like even, even after he walks in the house, or like, let's say, okay, you walk, he walked through the back door, he killed the woman in the kitchen, but then he made his way through the house when he saw the baby in the thing and back out the front door. Like he just knew that home. Yeah. Actually, I don't think, um, whether that's his home or not, I think what it's trying, what they're trying to come across is, I don't think that is his home. I think it's just supposed to be a random home. Um, it's just that obviously Michael Myers knows everything, but, um, not, not to shy away. Uh, an, an important the scene that you're talking about an important thing happened in that scene or at least something that kind of caught my attention um the baby we heard a baby crying in the background mm-hmm. and my wife because i like i said my wife was was with me my wife was like oh my god he better not kill the baby and i obviously i already knew like i'm like no he's not even gonna touch the baby he's not gonna do anything with the baby he's just he's not gonna go that route but why do you think they they put that in there and what was the purpose behind that huh i really don't know or do you think I, it was just something random I know. I think. I, yeah. I don't think there was a purpose outside of like we. The, literally, the time we saw him before, then he just choked a kid to death. So, in I guess, like in the audience's mind, even though it's a much younger child, like there's already been that barrier broke. That hey, he kills kids. So maybe it was just to set up attention. Could it could I could see that. I could see that. I'm I'm just I'm actually gonna while we're talking, I'm actually gonna look it up and see why the baby was spared. Because if I'm not mistaken, I did see quite a few different articles. Um, titled like, oh, why did the baby live or why was the baby spared? But I didn't re- really read any of them. But I'm interested to know if the director or the writers or the producers have some sort of hidden meaning or some sort of story behind that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there is. I just, if there is, I didn't pick up on it. That's just how I took it. Um, but that whole that whole scene, like the one shot nature of that, him making his way through the house and then he went into the next house and stabbed the woman in the throat, like. And if you pay attention, like they set up that whole like next few minutes perfectly, because when he goes in that house where he uh, the woman's on the phone, and he stabs her through the neck or whatever. Right. Right before then, you see two parents leaving and they're black. I think that those were the parents of the kid that we love, Julian. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they like that, that the way that whole scene weaved together, I think was perfect. Um, And then that's when we get into like the him, Lori popping up. Seeing him for the first time, seeing him through the window, she's not realizing she's seeing a reflection of him. And I don't think I know they made it seem like he's looking at her at that point, but I don't think so, because it was actually a reflection in the mirror. So I think he was looking off. But 
that she when she him. when she finally sees him, I'm like, oh shit. Um, but what I because I don't think that he noticed her then. When do you think he realized she was Lori? Because this whole I, and this is where. I get maybe it's just me trying to break it apart. Like they make this whole thing of him and Lori are drawn to each other. But at what point does he realize he's at Lori Strode's home? Because I feel like maybe I'm just not remembering it. But on two watches, I'm still struggling to see a time where he saw Lori. I know she saw him. She called out his name. She shot at him. But because of the way that that scene was was done with the mirror, I don't think he saw her. So when when correct me if I'm wrong, when did he notice that it was Lori? Well, in my head, I mean, what you may be seeing, what you may be saying is might be correct, but in my head, the way I interpreted it was that mirror scene was when they both saw each other, and um, when I when I saw that scene, it kind of reminded me to H two O when they did the whole um seeing each other be- between the door, um, in between the door, and like that kind of iconic moment. Not, I'm not saying that this moment was iconic. I don't think it was, but. I felt that's when they both saw each other. So I, I never really thought about it deeper. Like, oh no, it's just a reflection, and he didn't really see her. I, I, I think he, I think he did see her though, because didn't he? Didn't he? Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Didn't he do some sort of movement? Oh, you're right. No, you're right. He did see her because at that point he just started walking down the steps. Like he, he because he was waiting in the next room to kill the the sheriff. So he did see her because he just said fuck it. And he remember he Go walked on, past. After her. Yeah, he he walked past the sheriff's the room. The sheriff was in. The sheriff even called out to him. He just kept walking. Like oh no, I see who I need to get. So you're right. You're right. Right. Yeah. So but just to uh, rewind a little bit again, do you think that moment um rates as high as the H two moment when they first see each other? Because no. this is storyline wise this is them seeing each other 40 years later no it it doesn't because it's i guess the proximity like yeah okay they notice each other but the fact that they were literally on the opposite like there was what a a a four inch thick door the only thing separating them i mean it was it was like 30 feet separating them here yeah exactly um not to not to jump around but i did actually look up that whole baby thing and it seems like the writers which this is just mind-blowing but it, it seems like the reason they had him not kill the baby is because they wanted to add another layer to Michael Myers, uh, Michael Myers that actually has like an ethical side, um, which is crazy considering he's a mass murderer. Um, I guess mass murderers do have ethical sides too and, and beliefs as well. So they wanted to add that layer of him basically having an ethical side, and that's why he chose not to kill the baby. He had every, every chance to, but he didn't because that was his ethics. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's retroactive explaining, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we'll get more out of Maybe we'll get. Maybe they're just setting something up for the future. Who knows? That baby is going to be the one who kills Michael Myers in Hollow in this version of Halloween Six. You think uh, that that would be pretty cool? I, I love when they do shit like that, like in Halloween Forty Two or something, like fucking like that. Our great 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 grandkids are going to watch. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so overall, your thoughts on Michael Myers in this movie, man, as a killer, as a character, everything. So here's the thing. I know I've been talking a lot of shit about this movie and I didn't like it, but I will say the Michael Myers parts. I enjoyed that. The killings I enjoyed and 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 um, just like the, a, lot, a lot of it was like slow playing, just like kind of remind me of Halloween one where there was like kind of suspense. It wasn't just immediate kills. I, I like those things. But the thing that failed for me is. Again, the story, but we're not talking about the story right now. We're talking about Michael Myers himself. For me, it worked. Uh, 100%, I was okay with Michael Myers. The guy who played the character, I think he did a fine job. Not that there's much involved in this, but I, I yeah, I enjoyed this Michael Myers. Uh, was this the best Michael Myers ever? 
Um, I don't know. I have to really think about it, but I, I thought it was okay. What about you? Yeah, I like the fact that they didn't try to over-explain them. Like, I think with the with every Halloween movie after the first one, they, they explained them more and explained them more and explained them more. I like the fact that it's just back to the shape, and he's just a killing machine. Like, um, other than the fact of his drawing a lawyer or whatever, like, you really don't get much more depth to him. It, I mean, you get the doctor who's trying to figure him out, but you don't give any, you don't get any answers, and I like that. I, I, I enjoy that. Like, I, I go to Freddy if I want silliness, if I want talking, if I want a bunch of character in my killer. Uh, Michael Myers, I just want to see killing. Exactly. That's what he's known for. There's no, like you said, there's no jokes and there's no, uh, he's just straight killing. That's all he's about, killing. Facts. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we got to talk about the end of this movie. So just to, to set it up without doing a whole review, uh, rundown of the, of the plot. Um, the end of this movie comes, it kind of all culminates. Uh, Lori, her daughter, her son-in-law are all at the Myers at, the, at Lori's house because it's the most safe place. Um, the doctor, which we talked about, drives Michael Myers to this to Lori's house because he want, he wants to stir up shit. He's a shit talker. After he <laughs> after he dies, um, Michael lures out the husband, and this is definitely my white girl moment because the husband <laughs> is just an idiot. Like he earlier in the movie says he knows karate or whatever, and then he just straight gets bitched out. Like, um, but outside of that. <laughs> We get, <laughs> we get, um, just a whole, um, Michael Myers trying to get in the house. This is where Lori shoots half his hand off, half his fingers off with a shotgun. And then she's going through the house looking for him. And throughout this whole movie, we saw that she has what we took as maybe a panic room, um, under, in the kitchen. Turns out that it was a trap for Michael Myers. So, right. uh, the, the very end of this movie, it's Lori got thrown over a balcony, called back to the original movie and, uh, pops up behind Michael starts stabbing him he gets thrown in the basement uh he holds the daughter's foot as she's trying to get out i don't remember exactly how it worked that they let him go she kicked him or something um but they it ends up being a trap so they pull the switch it locks him in in what we thought was the panic room and we see that she's had this whole house wired to blow so like open gas lines throughout all the houses she just turns on and it just sets everything on fire and we never see a body, but we see the whole basement that he's in, the whole house catch on fire as the movie ends. And they all end up in the back of a truck and the granddaughter is holding a knife. Eh, you know, we talked about that. But what did you think about the, the culmination and the ending of this movie? So like I said at the beginning, when I said I didn't really enjoy this movie, that's what, these are one of the things I did enjoy. I, I like the ending of this movie and I like the way it was done. I like the fact that the, the trap door was really a trap for Michael. Um, I love how Lori went behind here and I went behind Michael Myers and I think he was like happy Halloween Michael or some shit and that's when she shot him and there was also uh, quite a few different callbacks to the original um one thing that always jumped out and stuck out on me is when Lori would tell the kids she did it in part one and then she did in H2O tell something to do something she'd always use the specific words do as I say and it always jumped out to jumped out to me because Normal people don't talk that way, at least from where I'm from. So she actually said it here, and I think it was very intentional. So I thought that was a cool nod to you know to the the previous movies. But yeah, the the way this ending was done, I enjoyed. And then yeah, like you talked about the, with the fire, the, the house being rigged for that. Um, that's got to be dangerous because her just leaving the house like that at all times. You never know when anything could happen. But obviously, we got the fire, and he's not there, and we know that he's going to be back. I mean, two hundred fifty million dollars in a box office says he's going to be back. So, um, I, I, it was, I like the way they did it at the end. Um, how are they going to go from here? 
how they're going to show how he escaped or how he survived this is going to be something interesting. It's not the first time he survived being set on fire. Oh, no, no. But I, I really don't want them to go the route of making something stupid or even worse, just totally ignoring what happened. I really hope they don't go that route because, you know, they did. They were so um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were so ruthless in doing that it, it, before with the different timeline the previous timeline just ignoring so much shit and leaving plot holes by the time they got to the end of the thing they just have to say oh this part doesn't exist that part doesn't exist because there were so many holes that they had in the plot i just hope they don't go that route again which i don't think they will because in 2018 uh, things are done a whole lot different than back in the 70s and 80s i think things are more organized and thought out and um you know plans are, are made better Versus back in the day. I could be wrong, but, you know, that remains to be seen. Hey, I agree with you there, JB. Yes, sir. So where do we go from here? You said your white girl. You said your white girl moment. I didn't get a chance to say my white girl moment. We kind of skipped. We, we, we talked a little bit about the scene, but it was Vicky, which was basically um our boy Julian's babysitter. That For me, that was a white girl moment. I mean, the kid is telling you he sees somebody in the house and uh, you're going to go like go and check. I understand kids like sometimes they make shit up and stuff like that. But you you again, you live in Haddonfield. You know what what happened. It's freaking Halloween. You know everything that's going on. I mean, if I'm her, uh, at minimum, I'll tell my boyfriend, "Can can you go and check and see what that's about?" Uh, that that it just it's just it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be it just for me. That's the white girl moment. Okay, I can feel that. What's the kill count on this one? Kill count on this one, I believe, was seventeen, which sounds really high. And I like the way that they mixed it between on-screen and off-screen murders. Yes, I think it's if I'm not mistaken, this has been the most like balance, or maybe not balance, but. I don't think anyone has any other movie has had so many off-screen kills in terms of Michael uh, like ha- Halloween. Well, good. I mean, you wanted to to do something different, um, so I appreciate that. But uh, I guess the only thing left is to rate the movie. Yeah, um, I don't want to. I mean, how can you rate something that's made two hundred fifty million dollars? How can you rate, or, or God knows what the number is at this moment? But how can you rate it as the worst movie ever? So I won't rate rate it at the worst movie ever. I'll rate it as a um must watch or go and see because if you're a Halloween fan, you, you can't just not watch it. Plus, this is just the beginning of hopefully what's going to be another good run at this movie and and, and another good series. So uh, this may be the start of something great. So definitely go and watch it. And um, just hope and pray. I hope and pray that what we get later on is better than this. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm going to rate this best best movie ever because I just I thoroughly in loved it. I loved it as a sequel. I loved it as a reboot. I, th- I just everything in it to me spoke to me. Well, I, do, I again, I understand all your critiques and I understand why you would have them. I just think they don't, they those critiques didn't resonate as much with me. And mm-hmm. it's just funny because I think I think we represent a good like a, a small sample size of what the larger conversation is, because everything that I've gone and seen, people either seems like they love it or they hate it. It's very few people right in the middle of this movie. Let me ask you a question. And I didn't really think about this until now. What was your not expectations? Well, actually, no. Let me ask that as well. What Number one, what was your expectations going into this movie? And number two, what were you trying to get out of this movie? Uh, I don't I can't really say I was trying to get anything. I just wanted I, I wanted an enjoyable movie. As far as expectations, I I honestly went into expecting more H2O like uh, 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 like that type of thing. And we didn't get that. It's a very different movie than H2O. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. But if I had to pick like what my personal expectation was, I really did think we were going to get like 
This is a new version of H2O. That's what I have been thinking. And this could be a reason why I feel this way about this movie. My expectation for this movie was this is going to be known as the greatest horror movie ever. And I don't know why um, I thought that. Maybe because we've been reviewing uh, these movies and we're in Halloween and just I got caught up with all the nostalgia. And I'm like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Like a million stars and obviously he's doing well in the box office, but I'm like, this is going to be the greatest thing since whatever. Um, but that's not what we got. So that's number one. Number two, what I was looking for in this movie was a lot of story and which I, I felt like they didn't have a lot of story. What's, what's been happening in the last 40 years? Um, how creative the characters are. What's their what's their backstory? And I feel like H2O did the perfect thing with that. Like, okay, w- what has Lori been doing? These, and I know I keep talking about H2O, but it's it's one of my faves. And it's, okay, what what has Lori been doing these last 20 years? Well, okay, now she has a new life. She has a son and she's a, a principal. She's also an alcoholic and still being bought. I felt like there was not enough, as you call it, just, just going off of one of your other shows, The Awakened Soul, cheap plug. But how you always say the meat and potatoes, I feel like the meat and potatoes were missing from this Halloween, Halloween 2018. I feel like there was not enough meat and potatoes for me. And I was I wanted a lot of that and I was expecting a lot of that and I didn't get a lot of that. Yeah, I think that I, I will say like so basically what they did with this movie is that Michael was just in stasis. Like he hadn't talked. He hadn't killed anybody else. He had just been like basically they could have made made him that he was comatose for the whole 40 years and it would have stayed the same. That I did not expect at all. Um And then Lori was very much the same. Like she's kind of frozen by what happened to her. Now she's has had a life. I wish they would have showed more of the like her getting married, maybe why her marriage failed. Right. That. Um, but we didn't get that at all. But uh, outside of that, like. Yeah, I mean, I can I completely understand your critique there. Outside of what you were saying about Lori, like this kind of controlling her life and uh, her whole life revolves around this. Outside of that little aspect, this could have been any any part in this Halloween series. This could have been like okay, ha- Halloween like you know four or whatever. It could have been any part because I just felt like oh, they just put some pieces together. Michael Myers killed some people, and that was it. The only the only story that you got was yeah, that you know. This whole thing revolving around Lori and she's so caught up with it and, and she's obsessed with it. The outside of that, that's it. There was, it was just a group of people get, getting together and getting killed and one kill to the next kill to the next kill to the next kill. At least that's how I looked at it. And if you look at any, any uh, fr- big franchise, whether it's uh, Friday the 13th or Nightmare or whatever it is, you're going to have some of those movies in between where it's just a bunch of randomness and they're just doing it just to do it to make some money. And now we'll just go ahead and spit out another one. And I felt in some ways that's what this was. Now, I'm not saying I get beginning to end, but in some ways it did feel like that. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with you there. Completely agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I have nothing left to say on this movie. What, what you got left, JP? Absolutely nothing left to say. I, I did enjoy going through, though, overall, the entire Halloween franchise, including this new one and just uh, giving our takes on it. And um now it's on to, to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah. On to the nun next in a couple of weeks. So we'll see you guys there for that. But that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um now also um the nun, that should be dropping in what, two weeks? Yes. No, or is that next week? It's two, I believe. Well, we'll talk about that off here, but nonetheless, you'll be getting it either way. Um, whether it's next week or the following week, it'll be the nun. And then we'll probably end up maybe putting up another um another poll for another couple episodes to see what everyone wants to listen to. Um, that's pretty much it. That's, that's, that's all for me. You want to go into the close, take it home. Yeah, that's it. You can follow us at 
<laughs> the Fear Freak Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concern, uh, the free frequency pod at gmail.com. Uh, that's it. You guys can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. It's at CEO H A I Z E. And I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB at T H E P1JB. Go ahead and tweet at me. Love to hear comments. Please also continue. Uh, we've been getting some um, reviews, legitimate reviews coming in five star reviews and and five star ratings we do definitely do appreciate it so please continue to do so um we enjoy reading them and uh yeah that's pretty much it for me that's it peace Peace.